Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. December is the last month of the year. Welcome to the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, can decide the winner. I'm your host, Alex, and it's with me as always is the seven layer salad man, Mike. I don't know if it was a salad. <laughs> hey, what's up? Seven layer salad and, man. <laughs> and his best friend, Pat. That's, yep. Mike has a, he's a seven layer dip man, and I'm just his best friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What are you guys up to? How you been? How was your Thanksgiving? Fun? Exciting? It was good. Mike had nothing negative to say about his Thanksgiving at all. Yep. Which was good. That's good. In case anyone's listening and, to this. Yeah. And uh, I had an interesting, not uh, post-Thanksgiving. Uh, so like I'm Friday? glad we didn't record Yeah, on Tuesday. Um, That's really Because I didn't have internet. What happened? Did you sell it? So I recently upgraded to fiber internet. It was it's awesome. It's fast. It's fantastic. Um, but when they buried the line, they cut my neighbor's cable. Good. So you guys a jerk. Your neighbor cut you cut his cable. He cuts your internet. <laughs> Sorta. And then the cable company came uh, on Monday and they buried his line and they cut ours. Oh, now they're just messing with you. They're trying to start some I know. drama. So now I had to wait until they finally came out and we have internet again. Now the real drama is going to be when they bury this line, will they cut the cable? Yeah. Next time he cuts Ooh. buries the line, you bury him. <laughs> the neighbor or the guy cutting the line? The guy cutting the line. <laughs> the neighbor seems like a nice guy. But what's funny is I told the tech, I'm like, hey, uh, can you let the guys who bury the line know that they uh, have to look out for this type of stuff? He's like, no, there's no way for me to communicate to the guys who bury the line. He's like, they're just going to have to be more careful. There's no way for me to contact the people that are going to your house. <laughs> Our, <laughs> this is not a very well-run company. <laughs> Sorry, sir. No. Yes, exactly. What's the name of this company? Put them on blast. No, they're they're sponsor of our football <laughs> team. <laughs> I don't know that, so people in Cincinnati are losing their minds right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounded better than my Thanksgiving. Like, I had the flu. That's why I couldn't record. That's a, a good excuse, but you can record through the flu. I can't record through no internet. No, it would be like the opposite of like the Jordan game when he played with the flu. Like, I would be so bad. <laughs> I had a very uneventful Thanksgiving. So we can That's move right good. past me. It was nice, though. I was nice and quiet. Uh, we cannot move past you too quickly because, Mike, tally the numbers. Who won last week? Well, you buried the lead because it makes it sound like you know what's going to happen. Shh, um, Mike, just cal- calculate numbers. I'm Do trying. It. I'm it. trying. I got, the, I got for a Black Friday deal like one of those old calculators that has like the little paper that prints out. Uh, so uh, I had to get a new roll, and I have it ready to go. But... Um, I'm waiting for it to print, but it says uh, Patrick. Yes, we did the it. Winner, the winner. You know yes. they don't. They don't print like a printer. Like 
You it type just it printed in, a name. It just printed a name. I don't know. It's a weird calculator. Mike knew that I just couldn't wait to hear my name right next to the winner. And it's been, I don't what was the last time I won? It had to have been like two months ago. I don't Not know. long enough. Yeah, no Even one... Russell Wilson has had about the same amount of drought going on. Nice. The Russell Wilson of podcasting over there. <laughs> That's me. Uh, all right. I don't know anything about Russell Wilson, but he's on. he was on Seattle. That's all I know about him. Maybe he's been playing with the flu this whole time, Alex. <laughs> Three months flu. Oh, yes. by the way, speaking of Russell Wilson and having nothing to do with him, did you know that the author of Mary Had a Little Lamb is responsible for making Thanksgiving a national holiday? Explain how. There are no explanations in Victory Facts. This is from the calendar. That's not true. <laughs> now, usually Victory Facts, like, there's, like, a little bit more of a follow-up. Nope, not all my Victory Facts. My Victory Facts come from the same calendar as Pat's weekly fun fact factacular. Speaking That's why of... why people don't vote for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one wants to hear my Victory Facts. They're like, oh, five of these facts is enough. We don't need the six. Well, then let's just get into pets. Fact, 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 Pets, fact, That's right. Welcome back to everybody's favorite part of the week where Mike and Alex don't speak. It is Pat's Factacular. Hey, come on, Mike. You know you like that. I just came up with that on my head, out of my head, in my head, whatever, on the top of my head. All right. So, first fact of the week. You came up with that one, that No, I didn't know how to speak afterwards. He's a great ad-libber. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Uh, remember when we tried to do improv like, a few weeks ago? That was terrible. All right. Did you know that J is the only letter in the English alphabet that cannot be found on the periodic table? Really? What about jabronium? Hmm? Yeah, for all the jabronis out there. Nice. What's, jelly isn't a uh, on the periodic table? No, you're thinking of the food pyramid. Mm, I always get those two confused a yeah. lot. Uh, humans could never land on Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, or Neptune because, I'm sure you know, why? Because they're far away. Because they're too far away, we can't get there. And they're also made of gas. That's what I was going to say, they're a little bit gaseous. Like, yep. you, my family was after eating my seven-layer salad. Nice. Take that family. That brag or what? <laughs> Mike? I, I assume if if it's a good product, then people... Like... Shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, everyone's crapping themselves over here. This is the best Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> Mike, seven-layer salad. Shit yourself. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I already knew this, but it was on the fat calendar, and I think everyone else should know this. Red Sour Patch Kids are the exact same candy as Swedish fish, just with some sour sugar sprinkled on them. I don't think I did know that. Yeah, I didn't know? know that either, but I wish they made a whole bag of just reds. Yeah, it's called Swedish fish. But they don't have the sour on oh, the outside. Oh, you mean you red a... sour? <laughs> I thought you just meant the red Swedish fish. No. Well, then you just have a bowl of sourness, and you dump them in there. You did. That's true. You did the when the bottom did, of every Sour Patch Kids is uh, that little, like, you know, Whole the pound of leftovers, uh, yeah. sour mix. You yeah. just rub them on your gums, you're good. Yeah, I wonder if you could just buy the sour mix somewhere and just smash the Swedish fish into the swar. Uh, whatever. Why we Carry should on. just sell that as seasoning? They have like everything but the bagel. We should have everything but the patch or kids. <laughs> everything but the, the kids kid? of the patch kids. Everything but the patch kids. I think you that's a million dollar today. idea. Good thing no one listens to this and they can steal our idea. 
All right. Um, Amy Poehler was only seven years older. I like it says was only. She's still only seven years older <laughs> than Rachel McAdams when she took on the role of cool mom in Mean Girls. I think I knew that. Yeah, that's we crazy. see that a lot. And then finally, this one's for all you polka heads out there. That's me. Yep. Can you guess? Do you know who the first Pokemon ever created was? Mew. Nope. Uh, says who? Says this fact. Pikachu, Pikachu of course. Mm-mm. It was everybody's Bulbasaur. favorite, Rhydon. No, it wasn't. That, that's what it says on this fact off. Let me see. Let me see the card. It says, wait, hold on. There it is. Pokemon Rhydon. There it is. Okay, I always see is to be created. I just see the middle of the fact. That's because well, I, I was um, covering it with my middle finger. <laughs> uh, your, the lame fact of the week is the last fact. Oh, because you're mad that the most boring I Pokemon am. ever created was the first one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other lame fact was who cares about Amy Poehler and her age in a movie? Like, seriously? That's, that's really something somebody wrote down on a fact card. Hey, we do not besmirch the fact calendar. It's almost over. And to my knowledge, Doan has ordered me another one, even though every like month they've sent me a, are you sure you want to re-up? And I haven't well, done I it think yet. This sh- that once we run out, I guess the show's over. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> We're not going to end the segment. We're just going to end the show. <laughs> We're going to end ourselves. Pat, so since we let you win last week, or two weeks ago, I guess, you get to pick the order on which we give our facts. I have decided Fact off! Yeah, if you keep meaning, we need a break after Pat's fact. Yeah, we should cut to a commercial. Do we have commercials? Can we cut to them? At the very end. Wait, can we just cut into uh, the igniting? Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Alex here, and we've been talking a lot about Mike's famous seven-layer salad. And that salad's so good, that'll make you shit yourself. Mike, <laughs> seven level of salad. Back to the fact, off. <laughs> yep. So I'm going to go first. Okay, <laughs> Who won? good luck. I won. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Um, do you guys know Dasher? I know Prancer. Uh, you skipped Dancer and Fixin'. What about... I don't know them. Comet I and I said Cupid. the one I knew. <laughs> and Donder and Blitzen. But okay. do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Uh, Rudolph's Bill? red nose. <laughs> well, the whole the whole body of him, Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. Uh, so I'm gonna give the history of Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. Are you guys familiar? We know the history. Santa was a jerk to him, and <laughs> it was really foggy. So and... that's what <laughs> I watched. I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen the movie? I watched the movie the other day. It's one of my. It, I think it might be my favorite Christmas special just because of how much of a jerk Santa Claus is. But he goes to a a parent of a child that has a birth defect and tells him in front of everybody that he should be ashamed of himself (laughs) for having a son with a red nose. Like He's so mean in this movie. Um, And with my research, I found out that wasn't always the case. Really? Yes. So let's dive in. So the original eight reindeer first appeared in the 1822 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas by Clement Moore. It's the famous, Twas the Night Before Christmas and All Through the House. That that was their first appearance in 1822. That's where my boy Prancer comes from. Oh, yeah. Fast forward to 1939. 
the year I was born. Yep, a century later, a 35-year-old Robert L. May was working as a copywriter for a catalog company, Montgomery Ward. Okay, yeah. He was given an assignment to create a brand new character for its annual coloring book. People often remark that the story of Rudolph is kind of a sad tale, but that's because May was going through a difficult situation at the time. Well, he was born with a bad nose. Yeah. In the book, so I actually watched a reading of the first edition of Rudolph, and Rudolph is crying all the time. Like, almost (laughs) like every page he's on, he's like full on tears. It's very, very sad. I didn't read the story. I listened to somebody else. (laughs) Well, no, it was a video of a guy reading the book. How am I I supposed to get a first edition copy of Rudolph? (laughs) So what, did he run his vehicle into a deer, and then the, the, the bulb from his blinker light got stuck in the nose? Damn, how did, you guessed this fact completely. He ran over yes. deer. His blinker light went through the skull of the deer and out the front. Um, so during the uh, year of the assignment, he was heavily in debt. I can relate. He's 35. I can relate. Um, he, he thought he would be writing the next great American novel. I cannot relate. What do you do? What? But he was busy describing men's white shirts. I can relate. I'm constantly describing men's white shirts. On top of all that, this is sad. His wife was suffering from a long illness and was dying. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> Very inconsiderate. <laughs> oh, no, there, Mike. Um, he, was, um, he was really not in a festive mood. And uh, in interviews, he recalled that January of that year being extremely happy when they finally took down all the Christmas decorations. So this is definitely the guy that you think should be writing your next great Christmas character. He decided to make a character a reindeer because there were reindeer everywhere already, thanks to Twas the Night Before Christmas, and his daughter was obsessed with the deer at the Lincoln Park Zoo. He thought of uh, our names because of the alliteration, and he came up with some runner-ups. There was Rolo, Rodney, Roland, Roderick, and Reggie. Oh, we missed out. (laughs) I'm not Russell or Robert or... Richard, Ricky, Rudy. Well, Rudy is his name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he decided Rolo was too happy and Reginald sounded too sophisticated and Rudolph just rolled right off the tongue. The story was inspired by the ugly duckling, which was something that appealed to May because he grew up as a shy, small boy and knew what it felt like to be an underdog. Yeah. Where did the nose come from? What? Every day, ugly ducking is a story about a lot of people being a dick to a small duck. Yeah. And then (laughs) he comes back, he's beautiful and everyone likes him. Very similar story here. It's a interesting. It's an interesting story to tell kids. Like, hey, kids, um, you just have to become pretty somehow, look good yeah. somehow, and people will love you and adore you. Uh, that's yeah. what I did. Well, that's what but Rudolph is. Ugly. You watch the Rudolph movie. It's like you're a jerk. We hate you until you can do something for us. Now we love you. Yeah. You know. But the story is not like that. I'll go into the with the actual book story that I listened to earlier. So the uh, he recalls looking out the window in a classic Chicago winter night and seeing fog over Lake Michigan, and he thought, of uh, how would Santa drive through this snow or this fog? And uh, so he came up with the red nose. But it was actually kind of problematic at the time because what does a red nose, this might not be anything that's familiar to you, but this is like an older person thing. But what do you think of when you think of a red nose? Cocaine. So it's typically someone who's like an alcoholic. 
Oh, oh, like oh, the yeah. red, red lights di- district and all that stuff going there. Well, no, the red light district. No, that's like is... prostitution, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. No, like a, a red nose is like an old like. Oh, he's an alcoholic. He's a like you drink so he's much. He's got a red nose. His face red nose. is red. Yes. So uh, okay. Well, I always knew Rudolph was an alcoholic. That's who was crying so much. Yeah. You know, some some people who drink a lot they they get very emotional. He's just burying it in <laughs> in alcohol. Um, so they did focus groups, and focus groups were like, no, nah, we don't like this, and it almost got completely shelved. Um, this is where it's going to get a little bit sad. Throughout the year, his uh, wife's condition worsed, worsened, and oh, no. he, yes, he coped by burying himself in his work, and she would eventually, she died that July of the year it was written. And his boss offered to pass the assignment on to someone else, but as he told uh, his boss, he needed Rudolph now more than ever. About yeah, a month later, bo- what? as he told his boss, go F yourself. Yeah. He's like, I'm at my wife's funeral. Leave me alone. A month later, he would read a draft to his daughter and in-laws, and he could see in their eyes that the story accomplished what he had hoped for. Montgomery Ward printed a soft cover booklet in 1939 and gave out 2.4 million copies for free because it was a promotional coloring book. Nice. Even though it was a bestseller, it wasn't until May's brother-in-law, Johnny Marks, wrote the musical version that Gene Autry sang in 1949. Okay. It would actually hit number one on the charts during the week of Christmas that year. The good old days when a little jingle could be number one song. Oh, I mean, I'm sure if Taylor Swift sang it, then it would hit the number one charts. Yeah. He's got you there, Pat. Damn. Um, on, Jan- on December 6th, 1964, the song was adapted into an hour-long special by the Rankin Bass Productions. Oh, nice. That's the one we all know now. We're saying it's a jerk. And it was. And it has been televised every year since, and it's the longest-running Christmas special in the United States. And that is the tale of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But I will say that in the book, he is surrounded by people who are complete jerks to him, and they won't let him play reindeer games, and all they do is make fun of him and make him cry. But Santa Claus and the eight reindeer that we know and love, they don't even know who Rudolph is. He's not, like, living up in the North Pole. He lives in a reindeer town. And as they're traveling around. Yeah. One thing you didn't explain to anybody. What in the hell are reindeer games? There's a movie called Reindeer Games. And they they reference reindeer games in the show. But, like, what are reindeer games? Monopoly. You ever heard the song? Hmm. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um... So Santa Claus doesn't even know who Rudolph is, and he's trying to travel around through the fog, and everywhere he goes, he's giving people the wrong gifts, he can't see anything, and then he's he's in Rudolph's house, and he's trying to give gifts, and he can't tell if he's giving them the right ones, and then he goes into Rudolph's room, and he's like, oh, I can see, here, oh, here, I hear all the right gifts, and he walks back out, and he's like, wait, it's black again, I have an idea, he shakes Rudolph awake, gently, it says, and then he says, hey, can you come help me, and there is no higher honor for a reindeer than to lead Santa's sleigh. So the modern interpretation of this would be the Santa would have his phone out with the light on it, and he would (laughs) be using that to see what he was bringing, you know? Leading uh, Santa's sleigh is like the Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the same thing. You know when uh, the president wakes you up in the middle of the night? (laughs) He shakes you awake. Oh, and another cool thing. It's is that so what they different. usually do for congressional <laughs> Yeah, they wake up in the middle of the night. They wake, yeah. <laughs> they wake they up in the middle of the night and they say, hey. This can't wait till morning. You gotta, we got to hey, give it to you now. It's Joe Biden. <laughs> I can't do Joe Biden, but wake up. You got congressional medal of honor. Um, 
And then, so they even make a point. I thought this was really neat. Santa is such a nice guy that he doesn't even reference his nose. He says to Rudolph, uh, you can guide my sleigh with your bright forehead. Like just saying like, it, like not even refer- referencing that his nose had any sort of abnormality. And uh, for the rest of the book, they reference his, it's Rudolph's forehead that's shining. So all this negative publicity for Santa Claus in the Rudolph Rankin Bass special, he's actually a nice guy. And it was lost in translation. We always thought he was. But anyway, that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. What do you colon, want to call it? Santa's not a jerk. Who are you going to go next? Uh, let's hear from Mike. <sighs> All right, guys. Let's strap in and get ready for this one. Um, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so how do you guys assume submarines like navigate like underwater while they're... While they're Echolocation. I imagine they're like whales. Yeah, they go. Boo, boo. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, others, and then other submarines talk back to them. And they go. And then. Yeah, I, I thought exactly the same thing as you guys. And I'll get into that in a you second. Said thought but, that means we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get. Do into they it. use sonar? No. Well, we I mean, they do. They a window. But... <laughs> it turns out on the front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they actually use like old school nautical charts. And that's it. Oh, nice. That's, that's way end, cool. That's that's, way the, cooler end, than that's the end of the fact. <laughs> no, no, they use old school nautical nautical charts like tied with like um, high tech equipment like that have like gyroscopes and accelerometers. You know, like accelerometers in your phone. Like if you flip your phone sideways, it it flips the screen sideways for you. Those are accelerometers. That's so the accelerometer. Flip the submarine sideways. That's the whole ship flip. <laughs> Yes. Yes, uh, 100%. And uh, it it just uses a whole bunch of different, like, uh, techniques to to find out where the submarine is in, in, uh, you know, in the the ocean. But I always thought, like you guys did, that they use sonar. Yeah. To navigate around. And in movies, what what is sonar usually represented as? Like Batman. No, like a ping, like a ping, like a... No, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the little circle. Yeah, circle going around. Yeah, the ping sound. It's like a small like ping or like a blip sound. Is it a ping? No. Is it a ping or a blip? Well, it's not neither. Like bloop? None of those. Is it a bloop? A bleep? That's how it's represented it in movies blink? and shows and like stuff. Like a pong? <laughs> like a... <laughs> so... Yeah, our assumptions are way off. It's none of that at all. So submarines emit a like super powerful sound called active sonar. And active okay. sonar is used to detect other vessels in the in the ocean, not to like navigate. That's what I want to say call my thoughts. Ooh, active sonar. <laughs> Especially after that seven bead seven layer bean dip. <laughs> So these are slow rolling sounds, like as loud as 235 decibels. And uh, to put that into perspective, a rock concert is 130 decibels. Yeah, okay. So like uh, two rock concerts. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, uh, this doesn't cause earthquakes. Uh, like, not like us Philadelphia Phillies fans. Yes. You think it is? That's why we have waves in the ocean. I mean, this sound is powerful enough probably to 
create some sort of waves. But um, more on that in a second. But uh, these walls of sound can travel hundreds of miles. Like the Phil Spector wall of sound. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that'd be a good fact. If you measured it up to 300 miles away, Alex, it would be still measured at 140 decibels, which is still louder than that rock concert. So th- really imagine a rock concert. On this rock concert, I'm at. I, I know. Yeah, imagine a rock concert you could hear 300 miles away. That's pretty intense. Sounds, sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it does sound like a nightmare. Um, but. If you were like near, like if you're swimming around the sub, like right in front of it or like near it, uh, that sound can actually be like super deadly. So the sound is powerful enough. If you were like near the vessel when it was activated, it could tear, like, uh, like blow apart your lungs and like cause like brain hemorrhaging and all that sort of thing. So it's a super deadly sound sound instead of dropping bombs on people. Yeah, do they give you the bends? Well, no, it doesn't give it doesn't give the swimmers the bends, but it it can cause the bends in like whales and that sort of thing. So, um, what happens is that when the sound goes out and emits, um, it causes like the ocean life to kind of go nuts. So like whales will like surface really quickly, and that causes the bends in the whales. Their eyes will bleed and their ears will bleed. God, we suck. <laughs> Humans are yeah. the worst. Yeah, and it's even been seen to like bust their eardrums open, kind of like a wine glass gets shattered from like loud noises. It, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense <laughs> sound. Humans are the worst. And uh, in January of 2005, 34 whales of three different species became stranded and died along North Carolina's outer banks during like a, a Navy sonar training. So it, it causes significant it, or it can cause significant harm to like the wildlife. And that's not something I ever really realized yeah. from whenever sonar is depicted in movies. It's not. Yeah. They don't have a uh, uh, whales with uh, bleeding from their eyes swimming no, past no. them or we I mean, an Aquaman. Yeah. Destroy our navies. But what's funny though is I didn't realize that whales themselves can emit super, like their sonar that whales emit is super powerful as well. So, like sperm whales, get them, whales. They're the loudest of all mammals, and theirs reached 230 decibels. They never met my family. (laughs) Yeah, you're just chewing that seven layer salad. And uh, the clicks from sperm whales are so loud that if you were near them, they would blow your eardrums. Good. Fight back. <laughs> Good. You no, deserve no. it. <laughs> you... Uh, no. So you're telling me for years, whales were just going around blowing people's heads off. And yeah. then we create one submarine to fight back, and all of a sudden, whales are cry- crying foul. <laughs> Yeah, those those whales have something else coming to them. Let me tell you, like I'm gonna line up every single sperm whale in front of all of our submarines, and we'll see which one comes out alive. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think neither because the submarine's not alive, Mike. I just don't see Mike following through on this. I just <laughs> I, I am calling up the Navy right now. I got him on the line. And I'm gonna 
uh, have them meet. You shouldn't in a keep the Navy location. on hold. <laughs> yeah. They're busy. You can't keep them on hold all night. But the yeah, I I well, all right. But if you're in front of a sperm whale like close enough, uh, technically, and I hope you the are, sound would be loud enough to vibrate you to death. Oh, that's the way to go. It's a good yeah. selling point. This vibrator will vibrate you to death. I want to see that uh, bad guy in a in a movie. Uh, lock him in the room with the sperm whale. He's, he's not going to eat me, and he's just like, hello. <laughs> so, in, so in summary, submarines active sonar will blow your lungs apart and your brains and kill you, and it's just deadly to wildlife. And the sperm whale is also pretty intense as well. So we got to kill that whale is what you're saying. Yeah. So, my fact is called "That Doesn't Sound Good." Oh, that's nice. a nice, good name. I didn't like all that anti-whale propaganda at the end, but I'll allow it if it's a fact. It wasn't anti-whale. So, I don't know if you guys remember. There was like a little bit earlier, someone mentioned the movie Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, I hope it's your fact too. Um. But there is a song in that, probably the best Christmas song of all time. Can I guess? Is it Jingle, Jingle, Jingle? Nope, it's Silver and Gold. I do love that song, Silver and Gold, yeah. That song, you could tell that was like made for time. Because it's like not in the story at all. It's like, well, what do you think of that Cornelius? And then a penguin hands him a banjo and he just starts singing. But that got me thinking, where the hell do we keep our gold? Fort Knox. Fort Knox. I thought you were going to a- answer the question of why he licks his uh, pickaxe, and that's actually a uh, a real technique. Yeah. Were you going to say that Yukon Cornelius was using fake techniques? No, I said he was using a real technique. Yeah, we all assumed it was real because Yukon Cornelius is the greatest <laughs> prospect of all time. <laughs> okay. Such a great name. So I'm going to give a little history about Fort Knox. April 6, 1933, Executive Order 6102. This is not the order that killed the Jedis. Not Order 66, I think. This is the Order of the Phoenix? No. This is the order that forbid the hoarding of gold coins, bullions, and gold certificates within the continental U.S. Uh, bullion? So, yeah, bullion. I don't know how to say it. Whatever. I don't care. Um, Who cares? It's just my fact. That's why people didn't vote for you last week. Damn right. So, the, <laughs> so some people know this. So, so to clear things up, this is not the executive order to line up all the whales in a row. No, that's uh, you're thinking of Order Six One Zero Three. Okay, this oh, is yeah. Six One Zero Two. <laughs> yeah, it was close. Uh, no, but the U.S. is still kind of coming out of the great. It's in the Great Depression. Um, so they wanted people not to hoard. There was a whole bunch of different reasons. They were trying different stuff, but they want didn't want people to hoard gold. They wanted people to spend money, and then uh, there's also the Federal Reserve would have more money to print, uh, be able to print more money. Yeah. So they're um, like, let's find the poorest state in the union and then taunt them with our riches. Yep. So they went to Alabama. Uh, now, um. Uh, so the U.S. was buying gold, forcing people to sell their gold, and we were paying them twenty dollars point 
67 cents per troy ounce of gold. Uh, you're allowed over? to still have a five troy ounces. All right, let me slow down a little bit. I'm getting my fat calculator out for this yeah. to keep up. Um, so they had a lot of gold. And they're like, well, we need to keep this gold safe in case something happens. So they decided, you know what? Let's build a facility to house all this gold. So they're like, you're not allowed to hoard gold. But you know what? <laughs> We're going to hoard the gold. Yep. Uh, so Fort Knox was already a military base founded in 1918. It's about 30 miles southwest of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you, so in, in 1935, there was a land transfer between the military and the treasury. And the military was like, hey, this is your land now. This land is your land. This land is my land from the Californias to the New York Islands. That's can what it we, said. Okay. Can yeah. we can we visit like, the gold? Like, do they have that little thing where you can reach your hand through through a little hole, and if you can pull the gold out of the hole with your hand, then you get to keep the whole bar? What is that? Yeah, from? they call it a glowy hole. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you can reach in. You might not like what you find. So there's going to be later on my facts, but only one president has ever stepped foot inside Fort Knox. And that was Franklin Delano Roosevelt himself, who commissioned it being built. In 1974, journalists and uh, some Congre- uh, Congress me- political people went to Fort Knox because people were saying it doesn't actually have any gold in there. Uh, so it was kind of like, hey, we do have stuff. To they prove take, it, like, a yeah. Small tour. And then was the only other there? time. Yeah. What? Yeah. There was gold there. Uh, yeah. The only other time was in. The other time was 2017 when there was like a small contingent went to look at Fort Knox. And if they ever filmed a like live action Scrooge McDuck movie, they could yeah. do it from there. All I can think of That's is uh, The Simpsons was like, there was nothing in Al Capone's vault, but it wasn't her auto's fault. <laughs> uh, so construction was finished in 1936 and it cost $560,000. Not bad. For 16,000 cubic feet of granite, 4,200 cubic yards of concrete, 750 tons of reinforced steel, 670 tons of structural steel. <laughs> you wait for the, us to react to all, the, yeah. all those numbers? Yeah. The roof is bomb-proof. The vault door weighs 20 tons and is 21 inches thick. Not one person knows the combination that opened the vault. Those multiple people forever. know different. <laughs> yeah. Multiple people know different parts of the combination. Oh, that's uh, fun. What if somebody's door, on a sick day? Like, damn it, we can't open the door. <laughs> the door is resistant to torches, drills, and explosives. That and it's surrounded by a military base, but it's also protected by none other than. The U.S. Mint Police. The Mint Police? Mm. Yep. The, the oldest Andes. They police... call them the Andes. <laughs> the oldest established police force in America since 1792. The That's Mint cool. has their own police. They go under 12 weeks of training to change it. So it was built. Uh, <laughs> they said <laughs> they built it. <laughs> this giant building, they built it. You said it the wasn't first... going to happen, Mike. Yeah, they did I it. Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's odd you said it during my fact. <laughs> so we so we have not only all the gold in Kentucky, but we also have Noah's Ark. Uh so we are like 
you know, we could survive the apocalypse. You know, if it rains, yeah. we we could uh, hide in in the ark, and if there's nuclear blasts, we can hide in and with the gold. Yep, and you have that giant mammoth cave you can go live in. That too. Yeah, we're set. Yeah. Yep, and then uh, so the first gold was delivered on January thirteenth, nineteen thirty seven, and who delivered it? None other than our beloved. United States Post Office. Nice. They were, they were the only ones that had the uh, that could accept liability if any assets were lost. How big the of a stamp could... did they have to use for that? <laughs> they actually sent it back. They got the wrong address. It was returned to sender. So yeah, the gold that case came from Philadelphia's Mint and the New York. That's us. Assay. So right now those. Gold in different sections. The Fort Knox housed the most, but then there's a couple other places like the mints that still mint uh, coins and stuff like that. Like Philly has one, Denver has one. There's a couple others. Um, Denver Nuggets. Yep. So most of the uh, gold in it is in bar shape, and each bar weighs about 400 ounces or 27.5 pounds. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, um, I would like to hold a gold bar one day. I think that'd yeah. be cool. Your birthday's coming up. <laughs> Give me uh, a gold bar. How much is a gold bar worth? I don't know the exact. Mike, value. look it up. Probably changes. So we'll wait till it's time, like on a good day. The government says the amount in Fort Knox is kind of worth six point twenty-two billion dollars. That's it. You can't even um, buy Twitter for that. But that's on like the standard rate. They said like if it's the current market rate, most likely is two hundred and seventy three point seven billion. That's closer. So you can that, buy a lot of Twitters for that. Yeah. But the gold wasn't always just alone in the vault by itself. Was it silver? Oh no. Sidebar oh. before you yeah. reveal what else is in there. Yeah. That twenty-seven point four pound gold bar. Guess what the yeah. worth is? Four hundred dollars. Thou- four thousand dollars. More like uh, four hundred thousand. No, seven hundred fifty thousand. Nice. So one gold bar is seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes, correct. That's awesome. <laughs> I want one. I would. I. <laughs> I would pay a hundred dollars if someone let me hold a gold bar and take a picture with it. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So. Picture this, Pat. It's 1937. You're at the World's Fair, and you're looking at the Magna Carta. That's pretty cool. Lincoln. Yeah. And then World War breaks out. And they're like, we need to keep this safe. What do we do? We'll put it in Fort Knox. It was in Fort Knox from 1939 to 1947. But don't worry, it wasn't alone. In 1942, the U.S. was afraid if somebody attacked us that they could destroy some of our famous documents. So the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights all went to Fort Knox. And they're like, oh, that's that's cool. It's just, uh, we don't have photocopies? <laughs> no, it was the are originals. They, is it modern bomb-proof? Like, if we dropped a like a modern bomb on it, would it go through? Yeah, it could respond. Yeah, it's like they, they like cherry bombs, it. and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that can get through is the stink bomb. Um, also... During World War Two in Hungary, <laughs> two we'll uh, say, yeah, two. Um, in 1945, 
hungry, you know, they're being afraid. So they had their crown, the sword, the scepter, the orb, and cape of uh, St. Stephen, King of Hungary, uh, taken out of this country in case the Soviets or the Nazis took over. And it was later resurfaced in Austria, and the U.S. forces took it. And from 1945 to 1978, it sat safely in Fort Knox until it was returned to Hungary. Nice. Now, is that where our facts go when we, or no, we, our facts go to the Smithsonian? Yeah, the the winner fact. So your your winner fact today, Pat, uh, last week, Pat, is in the Smithsonian. Yeah. My special fact off book is going to go there one day. Yeah, did you show Mike? Yes, Mike, I got a special fact off notebook to write down my facts. Oh, nice. My own. Congratulations. Yeah, picture of it. Thank you. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Was that an early so Christmas can... gift? It was just a yeah. random gift. I um, my school we have school photos, and they gave in the back of it. It had a discount for like a notebook, and I was trying to find a picture of myself, and I found that classic picture of Alex. And I was like, oh, you know what? I know he writes down his facts, so I I wrote personalized fact off facts, and I have a picture of him on a cover, <laughs> and it says, "You got this." It says, "You got this," <laughs> and he lost. Yep, but that's a little bit about Fort Knox. You're not going to go into. When uh, Auric Goldfinger tried to irradiate all the gold so that his would increase in value? That was the closest anyone has ever gotten to stealing the gold from Fort Knox. Well, he didn't want to steal the gold. I just told you his yeah. plot and his plan. <laughs> yeah, he wanted well, to destroy the gold. He didn't want to destroy the gold either. <laughs> he wanted to fill it with radiation so all that right. people couldn't touch it. What's right, your fact, can we Pat? Talk- or Alex? <laughs> My fact? All right. Goldfinger <laughs> came out in 1960. <laughs> My fact is called Looking for a Fort of Gold. Boo. It's like looking for a heart of gold. Oh, I get it. Yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Our facts for tonight. You have the winner fact, Looking for a Fort of Gold. And you have Pat's fact, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, comma, Santa's not a jerk. Colon. And you have Colin. Sorry. And you have Mike's fact, That doesn't sound good. <laughs> colon whales suck Mike said so. it so much better Alex <laughs> that doesn't sound good out of context he's like, what the hell is this fact about <laughs> uh, that's why you have the colon whales suck yeah um, so check us out uh, go to the factoffpodcast.com to vote for who you think is the best one there is a link in the show notes so you can just click on that and it takes it right there to vote for me uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mike is going to be setting up a TikTok too soon, so you can follow him on TikTok. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And most importantly, enjoy your holiday season. <laughs>